Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in. You guys have been fantastic. We are trending on iTunes and Google Play and many other uh, uh, platforms out there because of everyone not only tuning in, but sharing these episodes. And I also want to thank our previous guests. Um, they've been vulnerable. They've come out and shared some amazing things, and it's just been fantastic. I want to give a shout out, too, to our sponsors, Siegfried & Jensen, Wasatch Recovery, Veracity Networks, and iHill Institute. Thank you for believing in me and helping push this message out to thousands and thousands of people. Um, and today's no different. We have an amazing person on today. Uh, we're joined by jo Dr. Shannon Ritchie. Shannon, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so yeah. excited. Yeah, this is going to be great. Um, a little background on uh, Dr. Ritchie. She is a physical therapist, longtime fitness instructor, I think over 10 years. Uh, she's also a biomechanics expert, which I don't know much about that. So I'm excited to learn more about that. She is the founder and owner of Evlo Fitness, a virtual fitness platform that seeks to create strong fit bodies with less joint wear and tear. She's originally from Kansas, currently lives in the LA area. Uh, she's a wife. Um, she also has her own podcast called Fit Body Happy Joints, where she actually talks about controversial things. You like to kind of mix it up, uh, which I think is fantastic. Um, you use neuro neurology, physics, and anatomy principles to challenge the common damaging mindsets, which I'm huge on mindset. So I'm excited to talk more about that. Um, we'll, we'll give all your contact information here at the end, but, uh, she also has a blog. I mean, the list goes on. She's been on TV. She's been on many podcasts and I'm just very, we're just very blessed to have you on today, Shannon. Well, thank you. I'm honestly honored that somebody is bringing me on to talk about things other than like nitty gritty science biomechanics right. stuff. I'm just like, <laughs> what's well, me? So I'm really yeah. excited to be here. No, we are too. Um, so yeah, I'd like to start off. Tell us a little bit about where you grew up and a little bit about your childhood and your family. I grew up in Wichita, Kansas. Okay. Um, I come from a very large Catholic family. My, uh, I have two brothers, um, but my mom is one of seven and my dad is one of nine. Oh, so wow. <laughs> huge family. And, yeah. you know, my cousin's I had cousins that lived right next door to me growing up. And so, you know, they became my second family and, you know, I would consider them sisters. Okay. Um, my parents are, my parents are amazing. They are, my dad actually owns his own, um, aerospace manufacturing company. So wow. he, he has been an entrepreneur since I can remember. And he is, really my inspiration for, um, becoming an entrepreneur myself. And okay. I like to think that a lot of his qualities, you know, kind of rubbed off on me. Um, I was always, you know, supported by my family, always encouraged to be creative and try new things and think outside of the box. So oh, awesome. I'm like, I, I honestly had, um, 
I really did have a very privileged upbringing and Mm. um, not to say that there weren't issues. Of course there were, but um, yeah, that, that's a little bit about um, growing up. I I think like I grew up in um, going to Catholic high school and grade school where the Catholics, the Catholic (laughs) high school that I went to um, I have mixed feelings about because, you know, I, I was just talking about this in class this morning. Like I wanted to be in honors. I wanted to like be in cum laude. I wanted to do all the hard things in school. And I remember like one of my counselors was like, your test scores aren't good enough to be like in honors. Like we just don't recommend it. And I just remember being so discouraged, so beat down. And I was like, well, I can try, I can do it. And they were like, we really think that it's not a good idea. And it's so funny because like from then on, I was just telling class this morning, like that, like that moment has motivated me for like the rest of my life. And since then I went on to get a doctorate and I just want to think like, huh, I wonder if that counselor like could see me now, but um, yeah, yeah, that's a little bit about. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that. Um, I love that. And you are a very driven person. Would you, would that be a fair way to describe you driven? Oh gosh. Um, I'd like to think so. Um, you know, it goes in waves, <laughs> Right. you know, sometimes I'm like, let's get it, let's go. And sometimes yeah. I feel <laughs> totally like, I don't want to do anything. Um, yeah. I think, I think being driven is a constant practice that you have to continue to sure. fuel the fire. Yeah. Um, it doesn't just come. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do like to create drive for myself, um, but it takes yeah. effort for sure. Yeah, no, I love that. You know, you, you mentioned a few things that you learned from your parents and that's a question I love to ask is what were some of maybe the biggest things, biggest lessons you've learned from your parents? Obviously you talked about, they to- taught you to be creative, to think out of the box, that kind of thing. Any other, you know, things that they taught you that really stands out for you? Um. I think I've learned a lot from my parents as far as like how I want to be in the world and how I want to go out. Like, I think they, they are responsible for a lot of my drive. Yes. Um, but on a softer side, like my parents have taught me a lot about how to be in a relationship and how to be a partner. Um, they, they definitely had, you know, as most marriages, I'm sure like ups and downs. And I remember them, you know, I remember them fighting growing up, but I always remember them forgiving each other and making up, even if it was days later and they are, they've been through a lot and they're still, they're still together. They still love each other. And one of the things that, that they do that I try to implement into my marriage is forgiveness and laughter and humor. Um, that, that can get you through humor and, and forgiveness can get you through some really dark times. So I really, really admire their marriage. And, um, you know, I I like to take a lot of things that they did and like, hopefully make it even better in my own marriage. Um, so. Wow. That's beautiful. Forgiveness is a big thing, isn't it? It's like, it's so freeing when we can do those things. And that's awesome. You know, as you, as you were growing up, you know, describe how you were, were you this confident kid? I mean, obviously when people see you now, they probably think, man, this woman's got it, you know, she's got it dialed in, but as you were growing up, I mean, were you, have you always been this confident, uh, person? 
Oh, I think maybe people from the outside would, would think that, um, Oh, inside. No, (laughs) definitely (laughs) not. Uh, Oh, I like growing up hated myself, you know, like I actually got voted. uh, A lot of people would not like believe this now, but I got voted class clown in high school (laughs) because (laughs) I, um, I think I overcompensated with trying to make people laugh and trying to, you know, be ridiculous and over the top. And, um, I think a lot of that stemmed from, you know, like a lot of kids in high school, like trying to, trying to make myself feel like I was enough, like I fit in, you know, I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I was smart. I didn't feel like I was like, I didn't feel like I was pretty enough. I didn't feel like I like had anything to offer besides maybe being ridiculous and the loudest person in the room and like yeah. funny. Yeah. Maybe some people didn't think it was fun. I was funny, but maybe my friends did. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> like looking back, I'm like, that really wasn't that funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think like that was my overcompensation. And it wasn't yeah. until, I mean, I'm still working on it, but you know, in my late twenties where I'm like, now starting to step into like, okay, I have more to offer than, you know, just being the most absurd one at the party or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I was not always confident and I still, it still is a struggle. I think a lot of women are, um, conditioned to believe that like being beautiful and being thin are your most important things in life. Right. And I was definitely, uh, I definitely got that, um, growing up and it was being thin, being beautiful. And then like finding a husband, like those were like the most important things (laughs) I felt like, um, and I didn't, you know, and so those are the things that I like tried to prioritize. Um, and yeah, it's still something that I'm working on. Like, can I, can I feel intelligent enough? Mm -hmm. Can I like think that I'm worthy even without humor? Um, so those are things that I'm still working on. So, no, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I think most people listening to this would, would agree that on some level they've struggled with the exact same things. Obviously when we're growing up, we're trying to fit in and find our place in the world. And, you know, I, I heard this once in leader in a leadership course that the loudest person in the room is usually the most insecure. And, 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 And I've been there too. And you described that like, Hey, you were kind of overcompensating because deep down, maybe you had feelings of maybe you weren't enough or pretty enough or what have you. Uh, And then you're still working on it. And I appreciate you sharing that because I think, I think it's one of those things we're constantly just, you know, checking ourselves and trying to reshape that narrative again and making sure we're, you know, on on the right track in that. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So, you know, I, you do come across, I mean, honestly, is this very driven, confident woman, um, just because of, you know, your success that you're having now, you know, so you go to high school, right? You graduate from high school. What, where, where were you headed at that point? What were your dreams? What, what, at that time, what did you want to do? Well, it was still, school was really important to me. It mm-hmm. always has been. Um, I, definitely wanted to be, I definitely always wanted like straight A's. I definitely wanted the best grades. Um, I like most freshmen in college, I went to the university of Kansas 
And I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I majored in business and yeah, just right. thinking like, okay, this will work. This will be a catch yeah, right. <laughs> and um, I interned at a software company, actually my junior year, I was on track to get a degree in business. And I was like, holy moly, this is not what I want to do. Like yeah. I, I found myself more interested in like figuring out how I could teach the yoga classes than like the actual projects I was working on. And so I rerouted and, um, decided to apply for physical therapy school, got in, um, did the, I went to university of Kansas medical center for physical therapy school. Um, but yeah, college was, college was, um, better than high school, but definitely challenging in its own ways. I mean, I think you're still trying to figure out, you know, who the heck you are when you're in college. And there's, there was, for me, there was a lot of partying, a lot of, I was with my husband at the time, but our relationship, both of us laugh about it now was like terrible. (laughs) It was like, you know, filled with jealousy, filled with fighting, filled with explosions. So you know, I look back on college and it was a blast, but it was not a lot of like, um, I didn't feel very fulfilled going out, coming out of college, like emotionally, mentally. Um, I just felt kind of drained and like, like, uh, probably maybe a little bit more confident, but yeah, not, not super like, yeah not like I found myself. Like a lot of people talk about that and got like finding yourself and calling. Yeah. (laughs) I did not feel that way. (laughs) Yeah. Well, again, um, and, and it's it's neat that you and your husband can look back and go, man, look at look at how unhealthy we were. But you obviously worked through that, and you're obviously together now, and things are better. And but it's it's good that you can look back and go, hey, it's as tough as that as as that was. Look where we're at now, you know, and to be able to push through that. And yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, we feel like we're we feel like we both are two different people and our relationship is completely different. Um, and I think, you know, it took some maturity, it took some patience, it took lots of communication, lots of forgiveness, but the most, the thing that I think both of us could admit that we've done the most is focus on improving ourselves and not Mm -hmm. using the other person to fulfill some need or to, you know, fill some hole. Like, it's like, I, you know, at one point I was like, he doesn't do this and this and this and this and this. And then I was thinking to myself, like he, basically what I wanted is for him to make me feel better about myself. Yeah, I wanted him to make me feel confident, me feel beautiful, me feel all of these things. And of course I didn't feel those things about myself. So if I don't feel those things about myself, even if he's telling me these things, I'm not going to believe him. So I ultimately think that both of us take extreme responsibility for ourselves and managing our own insecurities, mm-hmm. our the own, our own, you know, baggage stuff. Yeah. And then the other person, like, I just see him as like bonus. Like yeah. <laughs> I got myself, I'm good. Yeah. Or at least I try to be. And like, he is bonus in my life. And I think that has exponentially improved our relationship. Wow. So b- beautifully said, you know, I, I had a mentor of mine years ago, tell me, he asked me this question, Hey, does your wife make you happy? And I'm like, Oh yeah. And he's like, no, she doesn't. I'm like, yeah, she does. You know? And I'm like, where are you going with this? Right. Yes. And it goes along with what you just said is my happiness has to come from within me. I've got to be comfortable in my own skin. My wife on top of that is just a bonus. Right. 
And, and it's not my wife's job to make me happy. Right. And I love that you point that out. And, and, and I think a lot of people listening to this who may be struggling, whether personally or in a relationship is you have to take care of you and get you where you need to be. And then you can enjoy being in a relationship. Right. Yes. Because otherwise it's, you're going to, they will never live up to your expectations of what you think you need from them Yeah. because it's got to come from inside of you. And the most beautiful thing is that it is so much more fun to be in a relationship when you view the other person as bonus, when you're not viewing them as like, mm. they, I need them for my own self-worth. I need right. them for my own happiness. I yeah. need them for my own security. When you're like, oh, like I got it myself. And like, I can just, I can, you're just adding Yeah. instead of that. filling. It's just, mm-hmm. it's huge. Separate thing. Oh, that's beautiful. So what, if I could ask, um, you know, people listening to this might want to know what are some of those things you did to really work on you? Like, can you maybe give us some, you know, specifics around that? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I, I had a little bit of a crisis when we were engaged and this was the the time where I think, you know, I had been in school for so freaking long. Like (laughs) it was like 20, you know, I was 26, 27. Uh I just graduated school. I was having a little bit of a, of a self crisis. I was like, Mm -hmm. where am I going? You know, this is it. This is like, I'm done with school. This is now my life. And not only is this my life career wise, but this is my person for the rest of my life. And I was like, whoa, it just felt like a lot. And I was like, is this what I want? Is this what I pictured? You know, I'm not where I thought I would be emotionally. I'm not, you know, my job isn't doing this and this and this for me. My person isn't doing this and this and this for me. Why, why are they not giving me what I think I deserve? And so ultimately I had like, I, I found a couple of podcasts that truly did change my life. Um, one of them is the life coach school podcast by Brooke Castillo. Have you listened? Oh yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, Very good. Yeah. I'm actually a part of her coaching membership and I will say it's changed my life. Yeah. Um, but, and she again is what motivated me to, to really look inside and, and think like, okay, where are, what are the things in myself that I have been taught to look for in somebody else? I was taught growing up, you need a man to take care of you. You need a man to provide for you. You need yeah. a man to make you feel beautiful. You need a man to da 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 yeah. And those beliefs were so deeply wired in me. And when my husband, Kenneth, like, wasn't, you know, complimenting me every five seconds or whatever. (laughs) I was like, Oh, like this isn't, this isn't working. This isn't what it's supposed to be. Um, so yeah. So what, so what did I do? So I listened to podcasts. I did a ton of therapy. I did a ton of self-help or like, you know, digging deep. I did a ton of journaling. Um, I had a full blown crisis. Like I remember breaking down at work, crying. I mean, low, 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 um, thinking about like, should I call the whole wedding off? Like, is this what I want six months before the wedding? And yeah, yeah. so it, it was the best thing hands down that has ever happened to me because if that hadn't happened to me, I truly don't believe I would be where I am today. Like, I truly think that that was my 
pivotal point that then put me on this path of taking responsibility for myself from here on out. Well, I love that. Uh, you know, I'll tell my clients, adversity is the wake up call to your greatness. Oh, and, and so, and so here you are going through this adversity, right? This crisis. And I love that you point out you, it's the best thing that ever happened to you. Cause look where you're at now. And, yeah. and I think we have to go through some of those really difficult trials and adversity to, to actually have this, you know, this powerful woman that you are now, you know, start to come out and blossom, go, you know what, I can do hard things, I can get through this, and I can, you know, improve myself. So that was beautiful. Yes. Well, thank you. I, something that, you know, high, having a business is high highs and low lows. Yeah. And so they still keep coming. It's not like they stop. Right. But, you know, I think something that I've recently started telling myself is like, this is my teacher. Like when something bad happens, like, yeah. and I'm low, I'm like, this is my opportunity. Like, what am I going to learn from this? This is my teacher. This is my test. And yeah. then when I think of it that way, it just reframes it somewhat. It, it's almost like, yes, it still sucks, but it almost like puts a layer of excitement in there. Cause it's like, yeah. Oh, like I'm going to be able to come out of this on the other side and be, you know, a layer of me will be new. So that's all. That's what I've been trying to do lately. Cause it, again, I just know the lows are going to keep coming. So I got to <laughs> prepare for them. Be prepared. Yeah. I love that. Um, before we get into what you do for, for your living and, and, and helping others, you know, I'm really big on mindset and I think mindset, you know, can, can destroy us or our mindset can set us free. And I know you work with a lot of clients and a lot of people, what do you see, like, just from your perspective, what, what's the mindset that you notice a lot in your clients that hold them back the most? Like, what's one of these beliefs that kind of keep people stuck? Well, I think, you know, I work with mindset around exercise, mm -hmm. but I think, I think it's actually deeper than that. Um, okay. You know, a lot, a lot of us are conditioned to believe that again, I think this goes back, especially women, I'm sure, you know, men maybe deal with it too, but yeah. you know, be thin, be beautiful. Those right. two things will equal worthiness. Mm. And so there's a layer of that that's deeply rooted in us. And then on top of that, which I think is kind of the same thing, just disguised in a different way or, or, or packaged in a different way that maybe sounds a little bit better is like no pain, no gain you know, oh, work, yeah. you know, if you work, if you grind yourself into the ground, like you will be that beautiful and thin, and then you'll finally be worthy. Yeah. And so like, I think that a lot of us are conditioned to believe that like exercise and our workouts need to like completely deplete us and completely wear <laughs> us into the ground and like, da, 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 da. Yeah. and all of these little tiny, like, mm -hmm. um, norms. Yeah are in my opinion, again, I'm sure people would disagree with this, but in my opinion are kind of, you know, getting at like, you're not enough. You're not enough. You're not enough yeah. work out. You'll be work out really hard, kill your body, um, <laughs> destroy your joints, yeah. it, but it doesn't matter if you're skinny and beautiful because mm. then you'll be worthy. Yeah. So I think like, that's something that, you know, I had to work through with myself. And again, yeah. I was able to more or less come out on the other side of it, not saying that it's always perfect and smooth sailing, but yeah. And those are the things that I really try to work with, with my clients. And 
it's so fascinating because people come to me for exercise and they come to me for physical, you know, to, to be able to exercise with less joint issues. But the result is for a lot of them, like this is trickled into my life. I now feel like more at peace in other things in my life. And I think it is because a lot of it really digs all the way down to like your self-worth and knowing that you're worthy. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So well said, uh, Shannon, you know, I, I was reading through a bunch of your testimonials from clients that have, you know, shared their experience with working with you and without fail, I'm not kidding you. Every single one of them put in there. I'm happier. Every one of them. Mm. I don't know if you've noticed that, but I mean, as I was reading, I like everyone's, I'm happier now. I'm, I feel so much better and I'm happier now. And, and I, wow. and I think, uh, you know, what you just mentioned, you know, that no pain, no gain attitude, but this is what something you're, you're going the other direction, which sets you apart, which makes you different. Right. And that's kind of what, uh, you know, you know, Evlo fitness is all about. So tell us why you decided to go down that road, because I think you were one of those women that was working, you know, no pain, no gain. I'm going to work out so hard. And then you can't stand for 15 minutes because you're sore. Yeah. So talk about your, your experience with all of that. And then why you created your business. Yes. So first, before I get into that, I I want to back up because I think that I, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with working hard and being dedicated. Mm -hmm. Like I, I need to make sure I clear that up. It's just when there's, it's just when you're doing it, even though your body is falling apart and screaming, like, Mm -hmm. help me, please stop. (laughs) And you're still doing it, you know, because you think it like will ultimately, you know, make you more thin or, or make you whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with working hard at all, like in your workouts or life or whatever, but so, um, yeah, I mean, I struggled, you know, I've always struggled with body image, um, Mm -hmm. in, I think, PT school is when it kind of hit its peak because I was, I was burning the candle at both ends. I was, you know, trying to teach on the side. I was trying to nanny. I was trying to make money. I've always been a hustler and I was also in school that a difficult program. And so, um, at somewhere along the line, I became, I don't know when this happened, but I kind of started to become obsessed with exercise. Mm. And there would be days where I would exercise for, you know, I would exercise three times a day sometimes. Right. And, (laughs) um, at the age of 24, my body started falling apart. Um, I was, I started with, I was squatting with a really heavy bar on my back. I was not recovered or rested. And, um, I herniated a disc in my back and that spiraled into, you know, not recovering enough for that, uh, continuing to exercise that spiraled into what I think was probably a hip labral tear. This is all self-diagnosis, but hip labral tear, um, (laughs) wrist pain, shoulder pain, neck pain. Like it was, I was spending, you know, I was getting worked on by my colleagues, like twice a week, I was getting massages almost every week. And yet I was still going back to over-exercising, you know, not listening to my body, doing exercises that I knew weren't good for my body, but that I thought were going to burn more calories or were going to, you know, continue to make me thin. I was obsessed with what I was eating. I was tracking everything constantly, not to say that, not to say that tracking can't be sometimes useful, but I was doing it in an obsessive way. Hmm. I was also at this time, and this is something that I don't broadly speak about, but I think it's important to say, um, 
I was prescribed um, Adderall. And so I was, I was probably, a, you know, looking back, I was probably abusing Adderall. And so like, mm. just to keep me going. And so yeah. I wasn't eating enough. I was real thin. I had no muscle and my body felt horrible. Mm. Um, and, you know, at some point I was just like, this is enough. I can't, I cannot continue to do this. And so I got off the Adderall. I, um, you know, started eating more. (laughs) I started (laughs) exercising way less. And this was, you know, around the time and, you know, six, six months ish later, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I have a new body. I'm sleeping better. Like at that time when I was over exercising, I was actually getting night terrors. So I would wake up every night, like screaming, thrashing. My husband and I laugh about it now, but it was scary at the time. Like one time I, I would hallucinate and I thought that he was someone like trying to get me and I spun oh. around and kicked him <laughs> like, as hard <laughs> as I could. And we laugh about it now, but like, yeah, it right. was like really disruptive. And, yeah. and, um, so, you know, after I changed up all of those things, changed up how, how I was exercised, how often I was exercising, I was eating more, I was off the Adderall. I started sleeping better. Yeah. My mood improved, my mental health improved, mm. my body changed. So like, not like I was thinner then, but like, I finally started to like notice muscle and my yeah. joints weren't hurting. And <laughs> like, I could, God forbid, I could sit on a plane without back pain. I could sit on a bar stool without <laughs> back pain. Yeah, Like I could, you know, do all these things. And I just felt like, I felt like I stepped into a new person for sure. Um, so that was kind of my inspiration for starting Evlo. And as a practicing physical therapist, I was working with people who were dealing with the exact same thing. They looked amazing. They looked like fit and strong and they could probably yeah. squat like three times their body weight. But <laughs> right. again, they couldn't do the simple things like, you know, run around the yard with their kids or yeah. oh. like lit, you know, sit yeah. on a, sit on an uncomfortable bar stool. Yeah. And so I just thought there's gotta be a way that you can be fit and strong and not feel like you're falling apart. Um, cause it just felt all too common. And, yeah. and so I thought there's gotta be a better way. So that's ultimately why I started Evlo and, um, yeah, that's where we are. No, I love that. And hence the name of your podcast, fit body, happy joints, you know, yes, yes, <laughs> I exactly. love that. Well, and again, that's kind of what sets you apart. Um, uh, and I think that's great because you're kind of bucking the trend a little bit. Um, but I, you know, again, we, we talked about how adversity leads us to our greatness because of that struggle that you went through, you've created this platform now, the way you handle these things. And I, I, I would imagine, again, like I said, reading through those testimonials, just having people say, man, I feel so much happier now in my life. And that's got to make you feel really good knowing that you're, you're giving back in that way. Yeah. I mean, because I, I can see, I can see, I saw what an impact it made on me. Yeah. Um, and honestly, it's still really weird for me to read those things. Like I think having a virtual business is so freaking weird because you never really like meet people in real life. And so it doesn't really feel real to me. Like I'm like, Oh, there's people that are actually like watching my classes and like (laughs) listening to what I'm saying. Like sometimes I'm like, Oh, like I, I better really watch what I'm saying and what I'm doing. And like, people are watching, but in, but like to hear those things, it's, 
every single time I read something like that, I'm like, pinch me. Like, is this real? Like, yeah, right. I never thought I would be able to have um, an impact on, you know, people's lives in this way. So it's really pretty, pretty crazy. No, that's amazing. So what does a, what does a day look like for you, Shannon? Like what, like, tell us what your day looks like. I know you're very busy, but tell us what you like. Do you have a morning routine that you do for yourself? Do, what does your day look like? Days are different. Um, I'm, I'm very structured with my calendar because uh, I tend to be a workaholic and I will work all night long every single day if I don't put some boundaries around yeah, it. Right. <laughs> so I, I am like a little bit of a crazy person with my calendar. I, every Sunday night I sit down, I make a list of everything I need to do for the entire week. And then I put it into a timed slot on my calendar. So if you look at my calendar, there's like, you know, we've got, you know, this podcast and then I have a little bit of a break and then I'm, I'm filming classes and then I have a meeting and then I'm filming more classes and then I have a meeting and then all the way down. Right. So, but yeah, mornings are like, I love to sleep as much as possible. So I sleep in, I have a cup of coffee and play in my class and then I teach. Um, and then after I teach it's different day to day, I, um, I spend a lot of time on my podcast every week. So I do a lot of research, um, and writing and recording. Um, I spend a lot of time on content creation for our membership and then for social media. Um, we have a team now, so there's, uh, two, two gals that work on the back end that I coordinate with. And then we have three, well, we're about to hire another teacher. We have four teachers. Um, so you know, trying to mentor them and help them and provide them with anything that they need. Um, so days are very structured. Um, but I, because I just, you know, like to create boundaries for myself because I know if I don't pour into my own cup, I'm, it's not going to be good for anyone. So, um, yes, that's awesome. Okay. I'm going to ask you a a tough question. Well, it could be tough. Um, what do you love most about you? Ooh. Hmm. Put you on the spot here. (laughs) You know, it's so interesting. It's so much easier to think about the things I don't like. Um, but I'm trying to, yeah, I bet that's a lot of people, but I'm trying to rewire my brain to lean positive rather than to lean negative. Um, I think it's my, I think it's my willingness to, I would say think outside of the box. Like with everything, like I've always been like kind of scrappy and like, I always look for opportunities and, um, like, like business opportunities mainly, but also opportunities with my relationships. How can I like create a stronger bond with this person? How can I, you know, think outside of the box to maybe show up better for myself so that I can improve the relationship as a whole. Um, yeah, I would think that I'd say that's probably my favorite. Yeah. Love it. That's, that's amazing. You know, if, if there's someone, you know, who's listening to your story today in, in, in this moment, they're really having a hard time. They're just struggling in life in general. What, I mean, you've already given some great advice and things, but what, what would you tell that one person right now that could maybe help them, you know, maybe make it through what they're going through? Oh man. I mean, this was me last week. I was like struggling. (laughs) Um, I think, I think one of the things that's changed my tolerance to pain and to, to, 
to hard things. I mean, like emotional pain and yeah. to, to hard things is to not push it away with food, with alcohol, with oh, yeah. working, with, uh, you know, sleeping or whatever, not push yeah. it away, not resist it, but like feel it and just mm. allow myself because I believe that pain is temporary. If you feel it, if you mm-hmm. allow yourself to feel it, emotions are always temporary and they will move through you. But if you resist it and you're afraid of it and you don't want to feel it, it, it perpetuates and gets bigger. Right. So okay. I think like one of the best things I've been able to do, and of course I'm not a therapist. And so like, you know, everybody take this, not medical. No, this advice. is great. No, this is your personal experience. We this love it. My, you're good. Yes. I think like your ability to talk, to feel like, pain and like, just be like, describe it in my body. Like, Oh, this feels heavy. This feels Mm -hmm. like my stomach is like, Oh, nauseous. Like I feel, or like, sometimes I'll just cry. Like, I think being able to feel pain and know that it's going to pass through you and it's not going to kill you is one of the best things because then you can come back on the other side of it. And I think, you know, I always tell myself like, I'm a human, which means I am built to tolerate negative emotion as humans. We are built to tolerate negative emotion. We can do it. It's just, this is going to pass through me. This is temporary. Let's go. Um, I think, you know, most of our problems in our life come from resisting that. We're built for it. I love that you said that. That is awesome. Very great advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, you've, you've got a podcast, you're a fitness instructor, you've got your own business, you do online courses. I mean, you've got a lot going on. Is there anything on the horizon that you, do you got any plans that you want to do that maybe you could share with us? Well, you know, I have big, I have big dreams for Eblo. Um, I, I don't know how it's going to look, but I would love for Eblo to be I would love for the Evlo method and the whole philosophy and the whole mindset to be more of the norm in the fitness industry rather than the exception. Um, I would love, you know, to see more availability for really high quality uh, education for fitness professionals. So maybe Evlo will someday, I don't know yet, we're still playing around with it, but maybe Evlo someday will become a school for fitness professionals as well as a membership. Um, But like, as far as like 2022, we are really just honing in on like, how can we make this program more better and better and better? Um, So hopefully we're potentially fingers crossed looking at bringing on people full time, which will be really fun right now. Contractors. Um, So bringing on people full time and then um, just, yeah, continuing. I've got some things up my sleeve for the Evelyn membership, but just continuing to make it better and more accessible. Very cool. I have no doubt you'll do that. Again, you're, you're a very driven woman. I love it. <laughs> Powerful. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm serious. This is so great. You know, if someone wants to reach out to you and find more information about your program, maybe they want to ask you a question specifically, what's the best way for them to, to, to find you and to learn more about you? Yes. So evlofitness.com is where I would go first. Um, okay. evlofitness.com. There's a ton of information on that page or on our website. Um, I, I, they can, they can try me on Instagram at, uh, okay. at Dr. Shannon, um, DPT. So it's dr. Dot Shannon dot DPT. Um, okay. and I, I sometimes will get questions about like personal, like personal rehab, like advice. Yeah. And I can't give answers about that. 
Um, sure. because you know, I got just like legally. So if anyone yeah. asks questions about like, what do I do for hip pain? What do I do for the, I can't answer those questions, but, um, okay. anything else, feel free to shoot me a DM. And I, I tried to get to my DMS. Sometimes it gets overwhelming. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you have a huge following on Instagram. You got a lot of people who really love what you're doing. Um, again, you're a very impressive woman. Um, that's one of the main reasons why I wanted you on my show is just the way you carry yourself. I mean, oh, I love what you. you do, but just the way you carry yourself. Thanks for, I mean, being vulnerable on the show today. You've shared some things, which has been, you know, a vulnerable thing to do. So thank you for being yeah. willing to do that. <laughs> well, thank you for holding the space for people yeah. to do that. I think what yeah. you're doing is really amazing. I think when people share those, those harder things, like it makes you feel more connected yeah. and it maybe makes people feel like they aren't alone. So I think what you're doing is really incredible and very important. So thank you for having me. I'm honored. Oh, no, thank you. And, you know, I love what you said about connecting. I think when we're connected with, with, when we feel connected, we're never more fully alive in those moments. And so it's great to connect with you today. And again, I, you know, congrats on all your success. Um, I love that you did struggle too, because look what you're doing now. And you know, the world needs you. And I just, I don't know, I'm just so impressed with the way you do things. And it's awesome to watch. Oh, thank you, Todd. That's so <laughs> sweet. I'm honored. Oh, you bet. Well, um, there you go, folks. I told you this was going to be another great episode. Um, please check out Shannon at uh, evlofitness.com. That's E-V-L-O-Fitness.com. Um, I've been there. It's a beautiful website. You can get all the information. You can, you can read her blog as well and connect to her podcast. Please do that. And if, if anyone you know um, who's struggling or needs you know some you know, inspiration in their life, share this episode with them, please. And again, thanks for tuning in. And once again, uh, Shannon, thank you for your time today. It was wonderful to, to, to visit with you. Thank you so much, Todd. I loved it. All right. There you go, guys. I love you guys. Until next time, take care.